0: Hello, welcome to the Gentle Rebel Podcast. Here we're all about playing with ways to navigate life's harsher edges with a spirit of compassionate creativity. I'm Andy Morton, a sound artist, songwriter and slow coach and I love helping highly sensitive people understand and engage with their natural internal rhythms and processes using creativity and play so that they can make more sustainable progress on meaningful pursuits without getting overwhelmed, shutting down or burning out. In this episode we're going to talk about one of the biggest momentum killers that we might encounter when it comes to embarking on any kind of change, maybe a creative project or a meaningful pursuit and that is putting the brakes on when it comes to celebrating success. What do you do to celebrate when something good happens? This is a question uh, I often ask coaching clients when I'm getting to know them and I can't tell you the number of times that that question is met with silence or the reaction "Mm, uh, I don't so I want to talk about some of the reasons we might have for not celebrating when things go well Um, some I think are explicit choices Um, we might you know decide um, consciously right I'm not going to celebrate Uh, some are kind of learned beliefs uh, and others are subconscious patterns that we sort of pick up uh, as a result of our experiences and the things uh, that the kind of I guess the protective mechanisms that that underpin our relationship with life. And I'm going to consider a few ways that we can invite more celebration into life without it feeling kind of icky and all positive thinkingy, um, because that's not uh, what this is about. You know, when I use the word success, I'm not talking about uh, that sort of external appearance of success or a success in the eyes of other people, you know, external rewards, that kind of thing. I'm talking more about a feeling, a spark of connection inside that we get at that sort of raw pre-processed reaction level. And when I use the word celebrate, I'm not talking about, you know, holding a party and getting the world to come and see how amazing you are. I'm talking about a pause to acknowledge, to mark the truth of that feeling not only is that a really good way to get a clearer sense of what matters to us and what we want in life it's also part of momentum itself it's part of the process of uh, kind of picking up the momentum of uh, change of the project of whatever it is um, that we are embarking on and whichever direction we're moving in okay so you are you ready for this as i was preparing for this episode I developed this way of thinking about momentum which may be completely unoriginal but I've uh, yeah I've not taken the step of going online to to check Um, I'll do that afterwards I think just to to see Um, but yeah I want to define momentum in relation to change or the energy of a creative project or meaningful pursuit you know momentum is what takes us forwards isn't it it's what keeps us moving in a particular direction it keeps a project uh, energised that kind of thing and celebrating is an intrinsic part of momentum because it links moments together along the way it's not separate from an outcome or a result it's part of the the, the kind of thing itself It's integrated into the outcome um, and it really enhances our relationship with uh, the thing that we've done it it kind of solidifies our sense of uh, connection to it and Yeah, I was thinking moment, that word moment is the main bulk of the word momentum. And celebration is what turns a moment into momentum because it's like the after the moment that breathes life into the next moment. In other words, we might pronounce momentum, moment. It's the out breath that brings us into connection on the bridge between moments. Did you like that? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, loads of people have said that and shut up. Go and find yourself an original thought somewhere. Oh cool. Hi Rod. Thanks. Um I I think I'm gonna stick with this thought for a for a while. Uh you're welcome to wait outside if you want. Rod? Okay, cool. Um how often do we replace momentum with moment ah <laughs> uh, um One way to do this is by not acknowledging those reasons to pause and to celebrate. And the reason I wanted to talk about this today is because I've been quite aware of my own reluctance to notice things worth celebrating or to kind of give myself permission to uh, take that pause and to acknowledge that something is meaningful or something is worth celebrating. So I guess I've been experimenting with celebration a little bit Um, and it started a couple of weeks ago as I'm recording this, uh, when I received an email from someone at uh, Blueberry Podcasting, uh, which is the company that hosts the Gentle Rebel podcast, um, and the email said that essentially I was their podcaster of the month for September 2023, and they wanted to ask me some questions for a feature article that they were putting together um, around the, the kind of focus, the history, the vision of the podcast. And my immediate thought was, well that doesn't sound real <laughs> to start with but then i replied just to sort of um yeah sound it out check out whether it was and it turned out it was real um, there was a real person and it and i was the podcast of the month for september um so i answered the questions that they sent me and then the feature went live at the end of uh, what last week and really it was only then when i kind of read it that it dawned on me what an amazing thing that was and how cool that was um also very funny to see the use of my surname in the article i don't think i will ever get used to that kind of thing you know when things are written about me or like i'm being quoted or whatever um to see yeah mort says this mort does that it, I, I just it's very strange um and i even <laughs> i actually drafted an email saying yeah, i'll be i would be fine if you wanted to you know, change." used my used my name andy instead of mort but i thought what's what is like prompting me to to think that and to ask uh, whether they want to change it I th- imposter syndrome discomfort with coming across as someone who sounds credible i don't know i couldn't come up with a valid reason to get them to change it so i deleted the email and and i smiled um which was part of my setup celeb- well that was my celebration really smiling. Um, I allowed myself to smile and to feel um, proud of what I've done and what I do and what I will do with the podcast, um, you know, over the past 13 years and into the future. So answering the questions was, was just a really lovely chance to reflect on that journey and to think about, you know, what, what is this? What does it give me? What, why do I do it? Like, what, why does this matter to me? Um, and where are we going And I noticed that by smiling and celebrating this moment, it felt lovely to be featured in this way. And so that smile actually contributed to the good feeling. I I was kind of free to smile, free to feel that shine before the inner critic inevitably arrived and chirped up. Oi, don't be proud. Here, use my moustache to wipe that smile off your face. So then in a continuation of, you know, playing with the, relationship I have with the inner critic voices took it up a level shared it on social media um, with my proverbial smile attached and now I'm telling you um it was a lovely thing to have happened uh, so yeah I I'm really pleased and this is a nice way to to market and to recognize it okay you've done that you can stop talking about it now yeah all right that's fine I'm not going to say anything more it's enough um Anyway, I just mentioned the word shine and I've talked about it before in reference to B.J. Fogg's book, Tiny Habits. Um, and We had a, you know, a bit, I can't remember exactly when it was, but we were talking about shine in, in a Haven Cotter session. And Fogg uses this term as part of, uh, you know, his kind of psychology of habit formation and behavior building. He writes, what might surprise you is this. In English, we do not have a perfect word to describe the positive feeling we get from experiencing success. I've read piles of scientific literature on related topics and I've done my own research in this area and I'm convinced that we are lacking a good word. The closest label is authentic pride, but that's not an exact match. So with the encouragement of three of the world's experts on human emotion, I decided to create a new word for this feeling of success. Ready? I call this feeling shine. You knew that because we've already used it. Sorry, I've just ruined the reveal from BJ Fogg. Um... You know this feeling already. You feel shine when you ace an exam. You feel shine when you give a great presentation and people clap at the end. You feel shine when you smell something delicious that you cooked for the first time. So, yeah, I I really like this explanation. I definitely agree that authentic pride is not an accurate match for this feeling. Um, And even shine doesn't quite capture it properly for me but um i think it's something that can't be put into words because it's a sense of momentary awareness aliveness connection to our core being in the present moment when everything feels right and none of the stories we tell about ourselves or will tell about this moment in the future have access to this moment to that moment mm. (laughs) Uh, and Fogg goes on to describe the psychological power of bringing moments of shine into everyday life by celebrating when we move in the direction that we want to go. The simplest form of celebration being the natural thing we do in reaction to something good happening. Uh, you know, noticing how you respond when you uh, maybe win a game that you're playing with family or friends. Um, the team you support scores a point or wins a match. You get an email containing good news. You know, maybe you smile. And your face wears the celebration. Maybe there's a little fist pump and a yes. A little dance, perhaps. These are the momentums <laughs> that we add without thinking. And we can use them to intentionally connect moments and bridge our way towards changes in simple and gentle ways. Celebrations are just instant nods that allow the emotional flow to express itself with that <clears throat> Rather than closing the door and adding a moment ah, ah to the situation, which is very common. Um, I don't know about you, but I find moment ah, is more uh, what happens uh, when I'm sort of embarking on things. You know, we might brush off these moments of shine. We might downplay them or even uh, if we acknowledge the good thing happening, we might pull ourselves back to business by reminding ourselves, you know, pride comes before a fall. Uh, there's no time to get complacent. And there are a great many attitudes that have been conditioned into our way of thinking stemming from sort of work and productivity and growth. Like these are things that there's no, there'll be time to rest when the work is done, uh, but there is always more to do. So you never get to that point of momentum, celebration, pausing to just acknowledge where you've been, what you wanted. Now you're here. And there's an offshoot of this, especially for highly sensitive people and Uh, deep sensory processes, we might not notice the potential sources of shine, joy, connection. If we're oriented towards spotting signs of threat and danger, we're forever looking for causes for concern, even when things are going well. So we might overlook the glimmers in life, or we might subvert them with questions about how they might go wrong. In The Undervalued Self, Elaine Aron writes about linking and ranking models through which we understand our social relationships and engagement, Uh, not dissimilar to the distinction between vertical and horizontal relationships that Alfred Adler spoke about in individual psychology. Ranking is a way of sorting and filtering the world around us and our place in relation to it, which can lead us to muddy the air through which we see things. We move into ranking when we experience defeat, but it might also be true that we spend a lot of energy in that mode to avoid defeat. For highly sensitive people, there might sometimes be a nuanced instinct towards avoiding defeat in this way, a state of protection, more than moving towards success, a state of safety and connection. This can have a big impact on how we process and enjoy and celebrate things that are desirable, things that we want, things that are good, happening in and around us. Sometimes even filtering those good things as Um, future threats for example you know uncertain change might come as a result of this going well now that i love this thing it becomes this potential grief in the future if i lose it or i'm not prepared for the extra demands that this new role will make of me elaine aaron writes thinking about my psychotherapy clients i saw something true of all of us When we feel worst about ourselves and most need love, we are least able to believe that anybody actually does love us. Why? We're stuck in what I call ranking mode. We think, he's only nice to me because he wants to use me to get ahead. Or, I don't care what you say, I know I was the least intelligent person there. Love and ranking are different mental worlds. Comparisons are natural. She goes on to say, like all social animals, we live in hierarchies and need to know how we rank and whether we are ready to challenge or compete or to handle another's challenge. However, in a challenge, there is always the risk of defeat. After a defeat, research finds that all social animals become depressed, showing the same physiology and behaviour as depressed humans have. If we could ask them, I'm sure their self-esteem would be low. Unrealistically low. I'm no good at all. This innate, involuntary defeat response serves to keep a defeated animal from continuing to fight and probably being injured. These instincts work the same for us. Following a defeat, we tend to undervalue ourselves, leading to endless lost opportunities. After a divorce or breakup, you would naturally be a little afraid to meet new people, even though some would surely like you. After a questionable performance review, you might hesitate to offer a dramatically fresh idea in a meeting, only to hear somebody else praised for the same suggestion. Of course, life is not all about ranking. We spend as much time liking and loving each other. Mostly, however, when we are focused on rank, we are not feeling loving and vice versa. So the easiest solution to undervaluing yourself is to get out of ranking mode altogether for a while. Focus on the people you like and whom you know like you. Switch instincts. And she goes on to say that, you know, that is obviously easier said than done, um, especially in those situations where you're feeling that sort of heavy defeat. But one way we can begin to do this um, and maybe sort of practice it um, over time is through what Deb Dana calls uh, glimmers. So Deb Dana talks about noticing and collecting glimmers as a way to anchor in safety and connection. And this ultimately opens our eyes, our minds, our hearts to be able to authentically celebrate when good things happen. In fact, this idea opens us up to actually see more things worth celebrating. Dana says, Glimmers are all around us, but from a state of protection, they're very hard to find. Even when we're anchored in safety and connection, we can miss glimmers if we're not looking. She points out that humans have a built-in negativity bias. In order to support our survival, we're wired to respond more intensely to negative experiences than equally intense positive ones. We have to actively look for, take notice of and keep track of these moments or these micro moments of safety and connection that are our glimmers. This is not dissimilar to BJ Fogg's notion of shine. You know, glimmers are anchors that take us upwards and back to a foundation of strengthened regulation. They are small things. When we're open to spot them, we see them everywhere in daily life. You may experience a glimmer in your body, softening around the eyes and a smile, noticing a sensory input. Glimmers can be predictable anchors in your routine, coffee, fresh air, etc. And they can come in unexpected moments that appear on your path. When I think about this, when I think about glimmers, I can sort of feel my lungs take more expansive breaths. The tension in my face and in my neck kind of lessens, it releases, and I come into a more grounded state of connection with the present moment. I love this as a way to switch those instincts from ranking to linking, in Elaine Aron's language, and to do this, not directly, but as more of a kind of invitational, indirect move. We don't use language to try convincing our minds to change. We shift into a creative spirit and change the filter through which we view things, which changes what we start to notice around us. Dana suggests starting a glimmer intention. People do this in different ways, use different words, but she shares the examples. uh, My glimmer intention is to look for the glimmers that are on my path today, waiting for me to find them. She writes, I've got a friend who made an intention to see one glimmer a day for a week and another friend whose intention was to look for a glimmer to begin her day. Play with this intention, she says. Set it, write it down, read it back. For example, I will start each day this week looking for a glimmer. I will step outside each morning and find a glimmer. Keep a record of glimmers. This allows you to create a predictable practice that we can return to. We've been sharing glimmers in the Haven recently. and It's been so nice to see uh, other people's, the things that people are noticing. It feels really encouraging and inspiring to know that people can see these fleeting moments of beauty in the world around them and to feel them in their bodies and then to share them with the group. And there's something collectively uplifting about that. I had a moment myself during my Sunday morning run last week, um, which was interrupted by a bridge closure, which kind of came at a quite a nice time because I was thinking as I was running, I was like, oh, I'm quite tired. I'm going I'm to get to the bridge and then I'm going to have a break. Um, and normally I do that and get to the place where I say, yeah, you can, you can stop and have a break there. Um, and when I get there, I'm like, ah, no, I can carry on. I'll go a little bit further. But then I got to this bridge and it was actually closed. So then I was slightly irritated because there hadn't been any signs to tell me. And there was no other way over the river except to go back on myself, um, basically retrace my steps um, and add another what mile or so to to the run. So that wasn't, you know, for my already tired brain, that was not great news. Um, But then I decided rather than literally retracing my steps and going back the the way I'd come, I was going to follow the meandering um, contours of the river. I thought, yeah, I'm going to go and, and look for glimmers. And I found several as the sun kind of glistened through the fresh trees of early autumn. And I was reminded that glimmers are everywhere, but they are very easy to miss. They're very easy not to look for. And if I'd chosen to be more efficient and to be more productive, I would have gone on the path. I'd have gone back the way I came and I wouldn't have found these points of meaningful connection, um, which I guess by some measures were a waste of time. You know, I took a lot longer going that way and and walking, meandering, uh, than I would have um, if I just sort of run directly back in the other direction. There's another reminder that meaning really is only found and created when we learn to waste time. Moment requires us to slow down, to pause, to notice to say no to that injunction to, to do more in a crazed process of momenta. Ah, come on, ah, more. <laughs> um, and I just want to finish with this question, I suppose. Where are you that you wanted to be? Life might not have turned out how you hoped or how you planned, but I bet there is something that is true of your life right now that you have a year, five years, ten years, however long, ago would be quite excited about or intrigued about or maybe you set a goal and it's happened did you notice that it happened did you stop to celebrate what did it sort of pass you by as you moved on to the next one Remember growing up and wishing you could jump ahead to a point when you're older, maybe so that you could do something that the grown-up kids do, uh, or to become an adult so that, you know, when I'm able to drive, I can't wait to be able to drive and I'll take myself to this place and I won't have to go to the places that you're dragging me to, Um, or to move out or to buy alcohol or whatever it is. To have a bank card, for some reason, that was one for me. Um, And to be able to shave, to have some facial hair to shave. Um, The novelty of that one (laughs) uh, wore off, pretty quickly um and that's the truth isn't it we adapt very quickly to places that we we really wanted to be at a time we kind of get to that place maybe it's a stage in life a goal that we accomplished or something that we wanted to acquire an object that we've always dreamed of having and we you know we don't often take a moment to pause and really acknowledge when we're somewhere we wanted to be or we have something we wanted to have or we've done something we wanted to do. Even if we take that moment to pause, recognizing that person back then that really wanted to have this thing, to be this place, to be this person, to do this thing, um, you know, to go back and just hang out with that person and be like, yeah, we did it. (laughs) Um, and as I was looking around the Haven last week, I had a moment. Mm, 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 Yes. A mm moment. Um, and my mind flashed back to a conversation that I had with Tula um I can't remember a year or two ago, um, maybe longer i don't know I don't understand time um, about kind of engagement around the forums engagement in the community we we're talking about you know how can we create conditions and and build some maybe some habits into uh, the communication that I do within the the haven itself that help the forums become more active. Um, And I was on it, I was in the Haven last week and I was like, ah, it hasn't always been like this. As I kind of looked at what is now, really what is now a sphere of meandering, often member-led conversations and um, support and ponderings. I was like, "This this is quite cool. In fact, this is very cool. And I sent Tula a message to acknowledge that moment. Um, And it's funny, even now as I speak these words, I can hear a voice saying, Why are you saying that? You're going to jinx it. Everyone's going to leave now. That was not Rod. I think that's some kind of weird, superstitious inner critic. One that says, yeah, don't get too excited. Don't get your hopes up. Don't say anything that could upset the balance of this precariously positioned positive feeling. The water bucket side of this too shall pass. You know, the like we we often use that phrase as a uh, a way to navigate through difficult situations it's the side that says yeah this thing that's going well in your life yeah this is going to pass i'm going to call this one pincher this critic this inner critic constantly pinching joy from the moment pinching me in an effort to bring me back to reality uh, a reality that doesn't actually exist outside of pincher's imagination Um, and trying to get me to spread the pinching, to go and pinch other people in the world around me by pinching joy from their excitement and their hopes and, you know, giving them a reality check. Pincher, yeah, you know, I I imagine a lot of people have a pincher. Uh, I'm going to go and take a selfie now and bring pincher to life um, in a visual form. If you have a pincher too, uh, I'd love to see what yours looks like send me an email, or if you're a Haven member, come and drop your pincher in the gallery of inner critics. Uh, I'd love to see um, different people's pinches. (laughs) Uh, That sounds weird, doesn't it? Um, All right, anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, please do let me know. Let other people know. Share it with whomever you think will also enjoy it and get something from it. And until next time, remember, you're an artist. The world needs your art. Now go and make somebody's day. Bye-bye.